Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Aren't you glad that our Father reigns this morning? Amen. I'm excited this morning that God reigns. Anybody else excited about that? All right. I got three of you that are excited about the fact that God reigns. Are you excited that God reigns this morning? All right. That's better. That's better. I was wondering about some of you there for a second, but we know that our Father reigns. Amen. We've been talking about uh, tuning in, trying to hear God. We're going to wrap this up this morning. We've talked about several times to be able to cons- consistently and clearly hear our Father speak to us. So we've talked about the fact that there are moments in our life where we experience dead air, where it's really difficult. Anybody experienced that before where it's really hard to hear God? Yeah, so, so okay, we've dealt with that. we dealt with some reasons why. Static is one of the reasons why. Uh, a lot of times there's this interference where other things are trying to, to block his word to us. We talked about the fact that um, God broadcasts. I wish he wouldn't broadcast. I wish he would specifically cast, but he broadcasts, so he gives us direction but not details. So we have a general idea of what he wants to do, and then we have to wait step by step. We've talked about last week that we need the amplification of the Holy Spirit in our life uh, to help us to hear because the Holy Spirit's not just for speaking, He's also for hearing. And so we're trying to insert Him into our system so that we hear God's voice. Well, this morning, I want to go one last step further. Uh, I've discovered a lot in this series. I've discovered that there's a lot of technical aspects of radio that I don't understand. I'm talking like it's above my pay grade so far. I try to read about it, and I just like, well, this is like reading Greek back in Bible college. I'm just going to have to stop right here. Uh, so so uh, all I know is is when I'm in the, in the car and I have the radio on, I know when I can hear what I want to hear. I know that's, okay, some of y'all are in the same way. If it doesn't work, you're just like, well, got it. I won't get to hear it today. I'll have to put my iPhone on or something. Because we don't understand the technical aspects. We just know when it works, right? So, so um, here's an experience that I have occasionally. I did not know this, but there's a technical reason for this, okay? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop some info on you that's going to just like, all right? Because I didn't know, know there was a term or a technical aspect of this. All right, so here it is. So you're riding in your car, and you turn your radio on, and you're dialed in to your favorite station, and no judgment. I don't know what you listen to, but some of y'all need to sanctify your radio, but that's a whole other message. Okay, so, so you're, you're listening to whatever you listen to, and all of a sudden, as you're driving and listening, your favorite song comes on, and you're grooving, and all of a sudden, another voice comes in, like from another station, and it bleeds over. 
So now there's not just one signal coming through your radio station. There's like a couple. And so while you're listening to Taylor Swift, some Moroccan music comes through and you hear the cha-cha-cha's going. And you're like, I don't know which one's right. And I'm confused because now Shake It Off has a whole nother rhythm to it that it didn't have before. And I don't like the bleed. Okay, so the, here's the, okay, so let me get all technical on you. There is a technical term for that. I didn't know that. But there is. Here's what it's called. It's called signal intrusion. That's the technical term for what you're experiencing. It's signal intrusion or co-channel interference. Wow, see, you come to passion and you get all intelligent on it. Like, like you just, okay, so, so signal intrusion or co-channel interference, and here's why. Okay, I'm really, okay. Because there's an overly crowded radio spectrum. That smells okay. Good. All right. In other words, let me get real generic layman's term for me. There's too many voices trying to crowd the station. Okay, that's how I understand it, and I don't like it. So I know uh, that in our spiritual lives, one of the issues that we face is co-channel interference. We, whether we uh, know what to call it or not, there are moments in our lives, spiritually speaking, where we have to deal with signal intrusion. Are you with me? Y'all are really quiet this morning. I know you've been staying up like till 3 a.m. watching the Olympics, all right? So, so tune in, all right? So, 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 so in this last message on this I want to make sure that we are hearing God clearly. So to hear God clearly, we have to address uh, co-channel interference, signal intrusion. All right? We got to deal with that stuff. So let me read some text to you, and then we'll we'll talk for just a few minutes. I want you to join me in Genesis chapter 2, beginning in verse 16. We're going to read there two verses, and then we're going to skip to chapter 3 and read the first portion of this. Listen to this. Genesis chapter 2. You've got to listen carefully. You'll miss it. Genesis chapter 2, beginning of verse 16. God commanded the man, you can eat from any tree in the garden. All right, let's read that again because we want to make sure we're hearing clearly. You can eat from any tree in the garden except from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat from it. The moment you eat from that, you're dead. Okay? Genesis chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. The serpent was clever, more clever than any wild animal God had made. And he spoke to the woman, do I understand that God told you not to eat from any tree in the garden? Did you get it? The woman said to the serpent, not at all. We can eat from tree, all from the trees in the garden. It's only about the tree in the middle of the garden that God said, don't eat from it. From it, don't even touch it or you'll die. The serpent told the woman, you won't die. God knows that the moment you eat from that tree, you'll see what's really going on. You'll be just like God, knowing everything, ranging all the way from good to evil. When the woman saw that the tree looked like good eating and realized what she would get out of it, she'd know everything. She took and ate the fruit and then gave to her husband and he ate. Y'all want to y'all rail on Eve just for a moment? And, no, okay, okay, okay. Because where was the man? But that's a whole other sermon. Okay, uh, all right. So, so, so this is what we're experiencing. I have just read to you the, most, uh, the first and the most perfect example of signal intrusion and co-channel interference. 
the enemy that we face on a regular basis, the devil, as I have mentioned to you in the past in these messages, the Bible describes him as the prince of the power of the air. He operates in airwaves. He operates on what you hear. That's, he, he monopolizes, he capitalizes, he works in the air to interfere with what you hear. And one of, his, perf, one of the, his preferred methods in our life is to bring confusion, which then brings destruction. And the way that he does that is he interferes or he intrudes on the signal that God is sending to us. And this is how it works. He speaks a portion of the truth and then he mixes it all up and adds deception but there's so much truth mixed with deception that if we're not careful we can't figure out what's right and what's wrong and so there's co-channel interference and the enemy because he knows the word will give us some of the word involved in it and then we get confused and we think it's God speaking to us so he looks at Eve and he says God told you don't eat from any of the trees was that right? No. He told them not to eat from one tree. The enemy gets involved in it and tries to confuse it and muddle it all up and says, no, he said you can't. And so now Eve is on the defensive and she forgets what God really has to say and what he meant. And the enemy is able to deceive her. So uh, I want to show you some things because that, uh, by the way, the enemy is an old dog with no new tricks. What he's been doing from the beginning he continues to do now. We just continue to fall for the same tricks that he's always played. All right, so what I want to do is I want one of the most the important tools for us to use this year in our ability to tune in is this. You've got to know what God is saying by knowing what he won't say. That, that was worth the price of admission right there. You've got to know what God is saying by knowing what he won't say. Okay, because because I think one of the greatest tools in being able to hear God is to start from this position right here. I, I don't have to ask if God is saying some things because I already know God won't say some of the things that I think he's saying. So if I think he's saying those things, then I already know that that's not him saying them because God won't say those things. Are you with me? Because I just got lost. All right, so, 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 so the enemy tries to convince us that God is saying things that God will not say. And I don't have time this morning to give you an exhaustive list, but I've got a short list that I want to talk to you about this morning that I believe that will help most of us, of us this year to uh, continue to move into hearing God clearly because we can start from this short list and go, we don't even have to question whether this is God or not because God won't say these things. So, so I'm, I, want to, I want to help you this morning because sometimes... The battle in our spiritual life is simply won by recognizing what God is not saying. All right, so this, some of this is going to sound really basic. I, I just think that if Eve had stopped and said, you know, God wouldn't say that. God wouldn't say that. I know he wouldn't say I know God too well. I know his voice too well. I know his word too well. Then I, then I think she would have won the battle, but she didn't understand what God wouldn't say. So, so let, me, let me give you one overriding principle, and then we're going to get really specific on some of the things I hear us say that we think that God is saying that God is not really saying, so there's co-channel interference. All right? Here we go. Here's the overriding principle that will help you all year. This is so basic. I've been so profound over the last two weeks. 
Some of y'all don't know because you weren't here. Okay, that's an inside joke. Uh, so, so, but this is a principle that if we would get this one, it would help us. Here it is. God will never say anything that contradicts his written word. You would think that for those of us that name ourselves as Christians, that this would be a no-brainer. That we would understand, comprehend, agree with, acknowledge, recognize, embrace the fact that God will never tell us to do something, will never approve of something that contradicts his written word. That is a no-brainer. So why in the world am I bringing it up? Because... You would be surprised how many Christians I hear come to me, talk around me, or behave as if God is giving them approval for something that directly contradicts his word. It's quiet up in here. Okay, because you're afraid I'm going to name the thing. Okay, I am. Um, you, I, I'm shocked by how many Christians think and claim that God is blessing or condoning or blinking at or overlooking or saying okay on things that he clearly states in Scripture are unacceptable. Okay, so y'all get mad at God. Don't get mad at me. I'm just the messenger. Right? For instance, I hear people say all the time that God is okay with, here's the list. Here's just a portion of the list. Lion, oh, that's okay. It was just a little white lie. God understands. Cheating. Oh, it's going to get tied up in here. Lust. That's the way he wired me. Adultery. Promiscuity. Gluttony. Okay, I'm still trying to get some of y'all. Bad attitudes. Yeah. Self-promotion, and the list goes on and on. Somehow, we allow the enemy of our soul to intrude into the signal, and even though in black and white, and then sometimes even in red, we read that God has stated that these things are not okay and that we should not be claiming that he's blessing us while we're involved. We continue to walk around trying to give ourselves an out trying to get an exception, thinking that we're the exception to the rule. And I'm telling you right now, if you are going to listen clearly and hear God clearly this year, you can bank on it. He will never give you permission or approval or acceptance about something that contradicts his word. So let me, so let me, free, up, uh, let me free up your prayer life this morning. Okay, I'm going to help your prayer life right now. There's some stuff you ain't got to pray about. Some of y'all praying about some stuff, and the truth of the matter is, is your pray, what your prayers really are is an argument with God trying to convince him to change his mind to approve of what you are involved in because what you are involved in is comfortable for you, and you're just trying to convince him to change his mind. There's only one problem. If he's already put it in his written word, he ain't changing his mind. Okay. His mind is made up. He will not say anything that violates his written word. If you, that, oh, period. If you will operate on that.
principle all year long, you will hear God more clearly because you will understand that, that I know what he is saying because I know what he's not saying. Okay? So, that's the basis for the rest of the list. Okay, I'm going to give you five or six. I don't remember how many I got. Five or six uh, other statements that I think that we need to make sure we understand God is not saying these things. But th that one is the overarching principle that the others are all based on. So, so this will apply in any moment in your life about what you're praying for. If I don't mention yours, just apply the first one. Okay? So here we go. This is the short list. All right? Th this, well, why would you pick these? Because these are the ones that I keep hearing over and over from people or I keep observing in people's lives that they think God is saying and then it's signal intrusion and it produces destruction in their life and then they go, well, I don't understand why. So I'm going to help you. I'm going I'm, I'm to be real bold right now. If you come to me and say, God said, and then fill in the blank with one of these short list statements that I'm getting ready to read to you, I'm just going to look at you and tell you that ain't God. And then you're going to get all mad at me and not like me, and I'm going to be okay with that. Bec okay, so, so here we go. These are the ones I've heard the most over the last year. Here's the first one. You will not hear God tell you to distance yourself from the body. The Bible states in black and white that we are to assemble. Some assembly is required. All right? In fact, we're told not to forsake assembly. Why? Because God knows that we're stronger together. When we get together, church is really not about you as much as it is about us. When we get together and we hear each other sing, whether on pitch or off pitch, doesn't really matter. When we hear each other pray, when we hear each other uh, bless one another and bless God, it does something to us. We gain strength by being together. God will not tell you to distance yourself from the body. If you hear God saying to you, I think it's okay for you, just you, nobody else, I think it's okay for you if you drop out of church, I can tell you on the basis of his written word, that ain't God. It's not. It is not. I, I, here, here's the one I hear. Well, I, I'm going to hang out with the body outside the structure of the church. Okay, I got no issue with that except for this one. Here's my one issue. You can't even be faithful to something that's already structured for you. How do you really think that you're going to be intentional enough on your own to set something up that will strengthen you, that's structured enough to produce life in you on your own when you can't even be faithful to what's already already set up for you? Okay, I've seen this to be true time and time and time and time and time and time again over the last 10 years I have listened to people say God has given me permission they don't say it like that they just say I, I'm going to be gone I, I feel like God's releasing me I, I, I need some time I, I, I got to go do me I got to go whatever and they distance themselves from the body and then 
they never recover. I've said it like this to you in the past. I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to get off this because some of y'all are uncomfortable. Uh, the first step away from God is usually the first step away from the body. You know there is signal intrusion when the enemy tries to get you to treat something as optional that Jesus declared was essential to survival. This is not optional. I talked to you a couple weeks ago about the fact that if you're going to hear from God that you will have to practice separation. But there is a huge difference between separation and isolation. Separation allows clarity. Isolation allows killing. Because the enemy picks us off when we isolate ourselves because we become vulnerable and weak. We need one another. Number two, I can tell you that this year you will not hear God say that it's okay to hold a grudge. In fact, Peter says this, lay aside all malice. Timothy says it like this, lift up holy hands without wrath. Paul says, as far as you're concerned, do everything in your ability and your power to live at peace with everyone. And then you turn over into Matthew and you stumble across Matthew chapter 5 and Matthew chapter 18 and Jesus gets really painfully blunt and looks at us and says when you come into service and you're about to offer your gifts and you remember that somebody has something against you, leave your gift there go make it right and then come back because your grudge, your, the, the, the hard feelings between one another keeps you from hearing God okay, but you don't know what they did to me God's given me an exception because of what they did to me. It's not about you. Well, it is, but it's not. It's, about, it's not about you getting even. It's not about any of that. It, it, it's not about the other party. It's a, this is what it's about. God recognizes that if you hold a grudge, not, not what they did was right because what they did was wrong. He recognizes that if you hold a grudge, that he cares too much about your ability to hear him. So it's about the fact that he wants there to be clarity. So he wants you to deal with it. Uh, by the way, uh, just some other things just real careful, real quickly in all this is, see, God doesn't want to see you bound by a fence because a fence produces bondage. You know the word in Greek for offense, we've talked about this, is bait. It's, this, it's where we get our word bait, scandalon, scandal, bait. It, the enemy uses it to, to, to hook you and you become offended. Okay. Um, so he's not going to say it's okay to be offended. At the same time, I want you to hear me this morning. You're also not going to hear God say stop loving people because love covers a multitude of sins. That's why we don't hold grudges. But let me be very, very clear. You will also never hear God say to be stupid. All right. Okay. Love keeps us from holding grudges, but it doesn't keep us from being wise. So love does not have to equal access. So although he will tell you not to hold a grudge, that doesn't mean that you swing the gate open and say, come back in and hurt me. You just love them, but you're wise. Okay, I'm going to keep moving. Number, number three, you will not hear God say that you can live life the way you want to or the way that it feels good to you. You say, well, Steve, why, why are you doing that one? 
because I am concerned that our world right now, we are under attack from society. Society, they, they have, there has been a fundamental shift in the last, I've seen it blatantly in the, about the last six to eight months to where now what they're trying to convince us is this. You can live any way that you want to. In fact, we'll take it to the nth degree, you can be any gender you want to. You can be X. Okay, I, boy, that one flew back at me. All right. All right. Be, live like you want to. Be whatever gender you want to. Love whoever you want to. Marry whoever you want to. But I'm telling you this morning that God will not say that because God's word, we're back to the number one principle, God's word says that this is how we're supposed to live. We don't live our life based on what we want to do or what feels good to us. We base our life like this. We beat our bodies into subjection to line up with the standards of holiness and right that God has already listed in his word. He said there are rules and there are standards and there are baselines by which we live and everybody's supposed to be living like that so that when society says live like you want to that is co-channel interference that signal intrusion trying to convince us that there is no standard in fact society wants to teach us this you set the standard any stand you set your standard I'll set my standard they'll set their standard she'll set their standard there's no moral absolute there's no moral code there's no baseline to operate by the only problem with that is it directly contradicts God's word and we become indoctrinated by that to the point that we 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 become okay with it so then we have the ability to live like we want to that's why we're told in Scripture that here is a way, walk in it. He defines the way. But then he goes on and he says, well, why does he need to tell us that? Because then he says there's a way that seems right unto man, but that path leads to destruction. So the enemy will tell you, live like you want to. Do what you want to do. But I'm telling you that when you hear that, that's not God. Okay, I, I may have to come back to that sometime because y'all are fighting me on that one. The next one is this. You will never hear God say, grow comfortable or satisfied spiritually. The enemy will come to us and he will, he will just insert just enough truth, just like he did with Eve, just enough truth. He'll say things like this to you. Well, you've already prayed enough. You've already worshipped. You've, you've sung like four songs like for 25 minutes. That's enough. You've served. You've done your part. You've done, you've done your, your service. You've done all you need to do. The only problem with that is that, that God calls us to a different standard, and that is this, to desperation. The enemy tries to draw and call us to satisfaction and complacency and to comfort, but God tries to call us to desperation. This is what the word says. He says, the word says, deep calls to deep. In other words, what he's trying to say to us is that there is a mandate on all of our lives this year and all every year of our life, and that is this to grow. You may have grown substantially last year spiritually and the enemy will come in now and try to convince you that you're as strong as you need to be you've read enough of your word you've done all you need to do 
But God is saying deep calls to deep. There's a mandate on your life to continue to grow and mature and elevate. I don't care if you've been saved like all your little life. And some of y'all have been in longer lives than others. Some of y'all have been saved like longer than I've been alive. That does not give you permission to stop growing. The enemy will try to get you to stagnate. And to stop. Finally, I'm gonna I'm gonna get out of here because y'all are getting uncomfortable. So 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 number seven is you will not hear God say that He has given up on you, or that He is through with you. You will not hear that this year. Not from God. Now you're gonna hear it most every day from the enemy, and some of you have not understood what God won't say, so you're convinced that it's God. But I'm here to tell you today, at the beginning of the year, relatively speaking, that, that God will not say this year that he is, he is giving up on you and that He is through with you. That is a lie from the pit of hell. I'm telling you this morning that that is a lie. Because well, you say, well, why, why do you need to tell us that? Because too many of you are walking around here like damaged goods. Like I've been, I've been married too many times. I, I, I've looked at it too many times. I've fallen too many times. I've messed up too many times. I've, I've broken too many promises. I've broken my covenant too many times. I broke my vow too many times. I, I started and I stopped too many times. And the enemy will take, convince you because of the failures in your life that, that you're, you're damaged. There's no way. God's got to be through with you. Uh, anybody bought, because uh, we've been talking about listening, so I, I just need to tell you, I'm not Solomon or anything, but but Ecclesiastes comes in here really good when he, I, I don't even remember if he says it just like this, but I'll add it to the list if he didn't, okay? Uh, there is a time to listen, but there's also a time to speak. So any of y'all, any of you bought uh, one of those little boxes you put in your house? I, I think Apple just came out with one this week. I don't even know what they called it, something, I, I something, I don't know. Uh, 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 so there's a, all I know is what you're supposed to call it, Alexa, all right? You're supposed to. Okay, I'm just scanning to see who's with me. You know, you put the little box in your house, and like you can say, Alexa, walk the dog, and she'll get up and walk the dog. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Alexa, train the cat. And she says, nobody can do that. And, and she goes back to her business. Okay, uh, Alexa, uh, give me the recipe for whatever. And you need to understand that when... There are some moments in our life that are voice activated. Okay, so there is a time to listen. We're trying to listen to God. But this morning when the enemy comes along and he tries to convince you that God is through with you and that God has given up on you, then I am telling you at that moment you need to quit listening and you need to start talking. And so, let me just tell you some things that you may want to say to him. You may need to remind him that, the, that, that even though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. Just remind him. You need to speak to the enemy and say, God has a plan for my life, and it's to prosper me. It is not to harm me. You might just need to, to speak up against the enemy and say, I just need to remind you that God, according to Isaiah chapter 41, will uphold us. He will help us. He will strengthen us. And if he doesn't like that one, then why don't you remind him of Isaiah chapter 43, which says this about us. We can pass through the fire. We, we, can, we won't be burned. We can pass through the waters and we won't be swept away.
Why don't you remind him that we will never be forsaken and we will never be alone? Why don't you remind him that according to Psalm chapter 34, that, that the righteous cry out to God and he hears us and he delivers us out of our trouble. So there is a moment in life where I'm going to listen. I'm trying to hear God. But when signal intrusion comes in and the enemy looks at me and says, you messed up too many times. You blew it too many times. You've broken the promises too many times. You've, you've messed this one up beyond repair. You're damaged good. God can't use you. God doesn't like you. God doesn't love you. God is through with you. At that moment, I got to stop listening and step back and open up my mouth and say, the devil is a liar. I rebuke you, Satan. That's not God. I know what he won't say, and he will never say he's through with me. He won't do it. So I don't know what signal intrusion has been going on in your life, and I don't know what the enemy's been, that co-channel interference trying to convince you that you're the worst of the worst, and you're the scum of the earth, and you're, you're broken, and nothing. Listen. God's not through with you. He's never going to be through with you. He has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. He has a future for you. He has a purpose for you. He has a destiny for you. He has a role for you. He's got something for you if you'll quit listening to the enemy. So as we fine-tune this year, we got to know what God will say and what he won't say. We got to come to this place in our dialogue and our listening to God where we won't believe anything but what God says. I don't care. Listen, if the devil starts jacking with it just a little bit, because that's what he does, he doesn't do it. But if, if, the, the, if the enemy came in right now and told you God's a liar, you'd go, ah, that's not God. That's not how he works. He comes in and he just twists the truth just by micro. Meters. I don't know. Is that a word? Millimeters. Little bits. It's a word now. Micrometers. Bits and pieces. He just he just tweaks it just enough to make it sound right. And then you begin to walk in it. And lo and behold, when the day is done, destruction. I want to challenge you this year that we've got to understand that. We cannot allow the enemy to cause us to doubt or to try to rewrite Scripture to fit our preferences. The enemy knows that if he can convince us to do that, that the result is this, and we've seen it time and time again, pain, confusion, bondage, destruction. So I'm done. I just want to challenge you this morning. Know what he will say. And you will have an easier time knowing what he won't say. It's the oldest trick in the book. Literally. Is that he will try to convince you that he's saying things he won't say. Father, my prayer this morning as we wrap this time together up and as we try so desperately this year to tune in and hear you clearly. I pray over each individual under the sound of my voice. I, I know that we each are in different places, each of us this morning, 
are in different places. There are some under the sound of my voice that are hearing you very easily and clearly, while there are others under the sound of my voice that they're, they're struggling just a little bit to hear. So God, I'm praying this morning that what you would do is we would start, you would help each of us, every one of us, myself included, we would start from this position. We know that you will not say anything that contradicts your written word. Even if your written word is not comfortable for me or that it's something that I don't like or that I don't prefer, I recognize this morning you will not say anything that contradicts your written word. That's the baseline for us. We establish that as the baseline. So with that baseline established, I pray right now, anybody in this room or watching over the Internet that's fighting co-channel interference where the enemy is speaking and it sounds like God but it's just a little bit off I pray that you would allow us some clarity this morning and we would know what you're really saying by knowing what you won't say God if any of these short list phrases statements have come out of our mouth recently or they were about to come out of our mouth or that we will be tempted to use them this year. I pray that you would remind us this morning that we don't have to even pray about that stuff. You won't say that stuff. You won't tell us to distance ourselves from the body. You won't tell us that we can live any way we want to. You won't tell us to grow comfortable and stagnant in our spiritual pursuit of you. You won't tell us that you're done with us. You won't tell us that we can hold a grudge. So, God, I pray that you would help us to hear what you would say so that we can live in freedom and we can miss bondage and destruction. In Jesus' name, this is what I want you to do. I want you to, this is going to be weird for some of you. That's okay. Uh, would you just lay your hands on your ears? You say, well, I want you to, no, this, 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 I can't hear God for you. All right? Lay your hands on your ears. Father, in Jesus' name. We lay our hands on our ears. Help us to hear clearly. Remove every competing voice, intruding voice, any bleed over that we're hearing. God, I pray that our ears would be unstopped and we would hear your voice. We would know what you will say and what you won't say. I pray for each person that's laying their hands on their own ears right now. I pray that you would allow this year to be a year that they can tune in clearly. They can. It's, it's like you're, you're broadcasting as clear. It, it, it's pristine. They can hear your voice. They would begin to walk in the path that you've called them to. They would begin to pursue the purpose and the plan and the destiny that you have assigned to them. God, I pray that every voice that rises in accusation against them would be silenced in the name of Jesus. I pray for those that have their hands on their ears right now that are feeling like that they've messed up too many times, that there's no way that God can use them, that there has been, want to be, whatever it is. God, I pray in Jesus' name that it would be like their ears open up and they hear your voice saying, I'm calling you. You're my son. You're my daughter. I love you. I'm, I'm pleased with you. I can use you. I pray that you would open our ears.
Help us, I pray, to tune in. In Jesus' name. Will you touch your neighbor and say, hey, if you've got ears, you ought to be able to hear. Come on, say it. Come on, tell them, tell them, tell them. That's scriptural right there. If you've got ears, let him who has ears hear. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.